tanking. Tank mode. Tank season. All ways of describing one thing and one thing only. Trying not to win. Baseball has a problem. It absolutely does. And we're going to get into that today. Welcome to Locked On Marlins. Your daily Marlins podcast. I am your host and British host, of course, Peter Pratt. Thank you for joining me on a Friday. Firstly, I apologize. I'm late. I'm late with this episode, but, you know, it's here. It's available now for you. And don't forget, hit the subscribe button. This is Monday to Friday pods from the Locked On Podcast Network. And as I mentioned, we're going to get into today a big theme. A big theme, a Major League Baseball theme, potentially American sports theme. Tanking, I guess, trying not to win to secure the best players in the upcoming draft. It's what it's fundamentally about. Is it? Is it good for baseball? <laughs> it absolutely isn't. It's one of the things that I've heard rippling through these CBA negotiations, discussions. We need to stop tanking. It's, is it one of them? It's one of, it has to be one of the key problems with the game right now. I know we're talking about all the money, free agency, control, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is in a 162-game season, tanking is terrible for the sport. So how do you fix it? How do you fix tanking? What are the options available to, to the league, to the players? You know, What's going to work? Let's start with why you're tanking. Let's start there. Why are teams tanking? What does, it actually, what does tanking actually mean? Listen, as a Marlins fan, I only came into baseball in 2016. It's when I started following the game. And listen, as a Marlins fan, I've seen it up, I've seen it up close and personal. I assume the majority of people listening are also Marlins fans. We have seen it. We know what it means. I'll describe it to you. We effectively decided, new ownership came in and said, this is not sustainable. We're a small market team. We've got some lumpy contracts. We've got no farm. This is not a sustainable winner. We are going to have to trade away all of our best players, all of our assets. We are going to trade them away. We are going to move money. We don't want to spend any money and we don't want to spend any money on the major league roster. We are going to acquire prospects and thus we're then going to become a draft and develop operation. What does that mean? Well, there's 162 games in a season and we're probably going to lose 100 or more of them for the next three to five years, maybe longer. It's tough. 162 games. It's tough as a player. I just want to call that out. It must be tough as a player. The coaching staff. Everyone associated to the club in general. The big league element of it, for sure. Knowing that you're starting the year with no hope. Or at least a very slight, I mean, most of the time, you know, Fangraphs will have it up on there saying, you know, 0% chance of making the playoffs for the Marlins. They said that, I think, as recently as maybe this year. God, it must have been like negative 100 in, in 2017 and 2018. Some absolutely terrible Major League rosters there, for sure. The Marlins were, were stripped back. Lewis Brinson was our only name, I think. Stalin Castro was a, was a hero. Uh, Justin Ball was, yeah, I mean, holding it down at first base. Derek Dietrich doing doing his thing over in left field. Huge biceps. A lot of fun. I love Dietz. These, te- these teams were absolutely not built to win. They were designed not to win. They were. No money. No talent. But 
This is at the heart of things for baseball, American sports in general. Listen, I'm a, I'm a British guy. We, we don't have any drafts over here. This is foreign to us. So I can look at things through a slightly different lens and think objectively about this. I completely understand what the draft is there for and that methodology. I see it as a way of creating competitive balance across the teams and the organizations. Ideally, you give the worst teams the best players and then it will give them an opportunity to get better, thus creating more competitiveness across the league. Totally makes sense, right? Totally does. In reality, in the NFL, it works well. It works really well for a couple of reasons. There's a salary cap. There's also um, there's the, the players being drafted are professional ready players. They're ready to play ball now. They are ready to make an impact now. The, the, the first pick of the draft is likely starting and playing the majority of the season. The first pick of this draft, in baseball's drafts, we may see him in three years, four years, who knows? The landscape of the team, the organization, the league, anything may have changed drastically by then. That's the difference. I completely understand what the draft is. I understand what it does, and it works well in the NFL. Salary cap, draft, you know, get get those teams, get it competitive. You look at the NFL right now, it is bunched, heavily bunched in the middle. A couple of teams doing well, a couple of teams not doing very well. Uh, the Detroit Lions, yeah, namely, but the rest of it, it's a, it's a bunched pack. And it could go in many different ways. All these teams, they're interested. They're trying to win still, I guess. <laughs> the Lions, are, you know, they're trying to win too, I guess. Jared Goff trying to do his thing. Anyway, let's not, let's not deviate away to Jared Goff. It's definitely not that type of podcast. Anyway, Finn's up, by the way. They're rolling in the bye week. But it does work well in the NFL. I can see why. In baseball, I, I don't think it, it doesn't have the same impact. It doesn't because the lag. Players drafted, they take at least three years, five years, seven years to make it to the big leagues, depending on their age and how they progress and how they develop. So I guess what that means is probably they don't have the impact immediately. So teams aren't... They aren't improved quickly enough. It doesn't have that, you know, shot in the arm. You know, I know, <laughs> I know baseball's got a bit of a check at history with, uh, you know, shots in the arm or in the arse or anywhere, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, they don't have the, they're not impact players right now. The Orioles, who have the first pick this year, whenever that may be, or well, next, next calendar year, but in 2022, when the Orioles make that pick, at some point, if, if indeed they do, um, Whoever they pick won't be playing Major League Baseball for them this year or next year or probably the year after. So, you know, it's interesting. It's a really interesting concept. And this, the draft itself and that methodology, it means that when you're out of it and in baseball, 162 games and a quite a small playoff field, you know, only one third of the league makes the playoffs and some of them just for a wild card which effectively is a coin flip it literally is um, some of those teams decide it isn't our year and they did make that decision relatively early and the knock-on effect is it isn't our year 
we're going to move all assets. We're going to strip down all assets that need to be moved. From Marlin's perspective, what did that mean? That meant Starling Marte, our best player, gone. Adam Duvall, second best player probably last year, gone. Yimmy Garcia, closer, setup guy, gone. John Curtis, gone. You know, you start to sell off these dudes. All of a sudden, the, you know, the team looks completely different. And not in a good way. <laughs> you know, of course, it's interesting to see you know, prospects. Let's not forget Corey Dickerson and Adam Simba were also shipped. Um, so, But the team doesn't look as good. It isn't as good. You've moved your best players. All of a sudden now, you, you've gone to a position of, we were trying to win. It's not our year. We're now trying to lose. And I know it's not as drastic as that for the Marlins, specifically. I mean, it wasn't like they shut down Sandy Alcantara and didn't let him pitch and any of that, and etc. They didn't go that far. Everyone was still playing. Seemed to be playing hard. People playing for jobs. I mean, you know, Brian De La Cruz, he's dropped in. You know, making his Major League debut and he's, he's fighting for a job. Jesus Sanchez, same. Lewin Diaz is up, trying to, you know, the same. Isan Diaz, I'm not sure what he was doing, but, you know, he's fighting for his life too. You know, these guys are, are up trying to solidify jobs. Absolutely. So the players aren't on purpose trying to lose, but the front office is they made those moves they knew they were going to be worse and they knew the team would lose more than they win in august and september why would they do that why why is that happening we're going to get into that very shortly before then need to tell you about my friends over at built bar it is the holiday season guys you need to go and grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar a built bar filled with so much holiday goodness rich with decadent flavor covered in chocolate amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Which is your favorite? Let me know. I haven't actually tasted any of them. So let me know, please. But will you go for raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. For me, peanut butter brownie sounds immense. So get yourselves over to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That is built.com and promo code LOCKED15. 15% off your order. You're going to need it, guys. Got to stay fueled for those shopping malls. Absolutely. Right, before we get back to the action, back to stance.com. One of my favorites now. Just a reminder on stance. So it's a new ad, new US ad with a UK twist. They do ship to the UK, by the way. I have realized that. Stance.com, they're founded in 2009. Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. Sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. Go and check it out, guys. Go and have a look. There are so many different designs, wild designs in your face. You're going to absolutely love it. Um, Like I said, I really was drawn to the Princeton boxers. Check them out. They've definitely got a Miami Vice kind of vibe going with them with the color scheme for sure. So go and check it out. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. Those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, LOCKEDON, at checkout to apply. 
Enjoy the colour and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Okay guys, so now we know what tanking is, <laughs> if you didn't already, <laughs> let's get into some suggestions about how to fix it. So this has been a topic that I've been thinking about for a while, and also one that my one of my good friends Bob Bamba from Braves in the UK, I'm sure Bob will join us on, on Locked on Marlins at some point and wax lyrical about the Braves, but Bob, again, he's also an outside-the-box thinker, for sure, and Bob talks about from a draft perspective, how you should reward success and not failure. And I, I've always thought about that from a baseball perspective because, as we said, with the NFL, you do get the impact guys and you do get the immediate competitive balance. With Major League Baseball, it just doesn't work in the same way. And what that creates is teams that seemingly are just in a cyclical nature of, of rebuilds. They're just in rebuilds forever. And as a fan base, as a market, as a sport, as a spectacle, it's just not enjoyable. It isn't. It isn't fun. As fans, are like, how hard must it be for the sales guys, the account managers, ringing up your, you know, your, your season ticket guys? Hey, guys, do you want to renew this year? That's a tough, it gets tough, a tough sell. That shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be. Your, your hardcore fans, they should be absolutely snapping your hand off to go and enjoy their local MLB team. Good product on the field, fans will come. That's what they say in Miami. Is it true? I don't know. I'm not sure that is true. I'm, I'm really intrigued to see, and it's another topic we can get into in the future, whether, you know, what is it about the Miami Marlins and the lack of attendance? If we do get a winning product, and I absolutely hope and feel like we're on the cusp of that, will the fans come? I don't know. That's a, that's another part for another day. But I, I I can see where Bob in that that thinking is going. Reward the teams that are trying, not the, the, the teams that are trying to actively not win. And that's the problem with, with the current structure. That is. And there's also an article in The Athletic today by Jason Stark so go and check that out. He also puts forward a proposal um, that I think is interesting. And, you know, I won't spoil the whole article for you, but fundamentally his suggestion is, you know, let's take the current structure. Ten, the 10 playoff teams um, are kind of, they're not affected. So they'll still pick at the back end of the draft from 21 to 30. But his proposal is to flip the order from 1 to 20. And effectively disincentivizing teams to try and be the worst team. And actually try to be the best team that didn't quite make it, I guess, is for want of a better description. That's what it's saying. If you just miss the wild card and you finish, I guess, 11th, you get the number one pick. You get the number one pick. So what does that do? What could it do? I guess it's a really interesting idea and suggestion and proposal. I guess what that would mean is more teams theoretically could or should be trying to not be last because if you're last you get the 20th pick and it isn't obviously the last pick but the other interesting part in this article is it shows the it took a, a time period yeah the time period was 2010 to 2018 drafts and it was total war by pick number so sometimes I feel like there's a misconception around you know drafting 
and the draft process and it being a lottery or you know crapshoot you know prospects work they don't really what this showed looking at that time period was it absolutely you know, total war absolutely sinks to the the draft pick so the number one pick had by far the highest total war best player in that in that pick slot within that period was Bryce Harper and the second slot was the second highest war and the third slot was the third highest war so there is absolutely a connection between you know at the top end of the draft there's there's the elite dudes that are available and with that being said you know at the moment teams are incentivized to lose games to try and go and get a Bryce Harper or Chris Bryant or a Manny Machado that's what they're doing. They're doing that knowing that these are blue chip cornerstones of a franchise. They are. So I thought it was a really, you know, that was another interesting piece within this article. But, you know, the overall proposition was you flip it. You flip the order from, you know, who the, the, best, the best loser effectively picks first. So what would that mean? Let's kind of bring that to life with, with this um, 2022 draft and kind of where would where would teams end? The first overall pick based on this methodology would be the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays won 91 games and then would pick first. The Mariners won 90 games and they'd be picking second. The A's 86 games and would pick third. Happy days for the for the A's. The Reds picking fourth and the Phillies fifth. 82 82 wins for the Phils. They're picking fifth. You then have the 20th overall pick being the Orioles. The worst team then picks 20th. So I completely understand where he's coming from here. It's trying to incentivize teams to keep going. Every win will count all the way till the end. Because every win can theoretically bump you up a slot in the draft. So really interesting concept. Really is. Um, I... I think there's there's a couple of other concepts and or ways around tanking that that you know we should perhaps consider or look at. And we're going to do that very shortly. In the meantime, we need to tell you about my friends over at Bet Online and Bet Online. As you know, they have you covered all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues. The march to the playoffs fins up. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code Locked On. that's all one word, Locked On, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts all right let's wrap things up with a couple of other i guess suggestions thoughts that, that are out there in terms of tanking there's two bits that are floating around the first one that i've seen is i guess aligned or in line with the way the nba operates with their draft and this draft lottery the notion of a lottery where you get a ticket and you know I guess the you have a percentage chance of getting the overall pick by being the worst team, but you're not guaranteed that. You have a, it's a lottery. You can end up with the sixth pick, I believe, from the first spot if you're the worst team. So, I think that's an interesting concept in terms of a lottery. 
Does it solve things? I don't know. I actually don't know if the lottery helps. I don't follow the NBA, so I don't fully know the ins and outs or the impact of using that methodology. I'm going to get Dan Healy on in the next couple of weeks, and we can dig into this in more depth because, as you know, Dan is the, the Miami Heat UK uh, main main man, and he will absolutely know the ins and outs of, of the NBA draft lottery and how, and whether it works and why it works, if it does, for, for basketball and whether it's transferable to Major League Baseball. But I have absolutely heard rumblings and seen reports that there's consideration of a lottery to try and, you know, going back to it, we're trying to fix tanking. We're trying to disincentivize teams from trying to be the be- the worst team in the league. That's what it's about. And perhaps if you have less of a chance of getting that blue chip guy in the number one spot, maybe you won't. Maybe you won't try as hard. I don't know. I actually am not. I'm not convinced that the lottery solves the problem. And you know, really, at the heart of the problem is there is no within American sports in general. You know, I'm I live in England, and our main sport is the English Premier League. And as part of the Premier League, one of the key fundamentals of that is there's relegation. If you're the worst team, you're being relegated to the the division below, where the <laughs> the revenue, the standard, everything is sub- significantly lower. U.S. sports don't have that. They don't have that situation. They don't have that deterrent. So you absolutely do not get any tanking teams in the English Premier League. Everyone's fighting till the bitter end to ensure that they're still in the league to benefit from the revenues, the the, the spotlights, etc. that that exist. Major League Baseball does not have that. None of the sports have that. And I guess, I mean, that's a wild step from, and that is a wide, that's a wild culture change for American sports. Not not something I can see happening right now. But I truly believe that that is, is probably the solution to tanking in general. Whether Major League Baseball or American sports would ever go down that path, I don't think so. I don't think that would ever happen. But that is the true the true way to solve it. If you are the worst team, and like I said, if you're the worst team, then you, you deserve to be relegated and go down and play at a lower level and until your your talent is of a standard that gets you promoted back. It means that actually you end up with a load more competitive games because the teams are better matched because you've got the best rosters playing against each other more often. Rather, at the moment, you've just got everyone playing against everyone. Some teams, particularly after July, are purposefully stripped down bare parts and trying to lose. That's not fun. It's not fun for the teams that, you know, the parts are stripped away from. And also, it's not fun for teams in the hunt when all of a sudden, you know, playing the Washington Nationals in in August versus playing the Washington Nationals in, in April or May, it was a very different prospect. The team is completely different. The team in after the deadline was terrible. They were trying to lose games. They were. But, you know, depending on the schedules, maybe the Phillies had a lot of games left with the Nats. I think they did, actually. Maybe the Braves did one of the two. But it impacts the races, you know, based on the way the scheduling works. These teams that are trying to lose, it impacts the races for the playoffs, too. Because some teams have got lucky that their schedule is left loaded with games against the Marlins, the Cubs, the Nats. Next thing is they go on a wild run and make the playoffs off the back of just a favorable schedule. So... You know, that's my assessment of things, really. There are some ways to try and solve tanking, and tanking is not good for Major League Baseball, and it needs to be solved. At the moment, 
the incentive is there to be bad. And until you take that incentive away, tanking will continue. And I mean, maybe they adjust the incentive. Maybe that's you know a half measure. You won't, you can't benefit from the same level of incentives for a sustained or an elongated period. Maybe, but the true way to solve it is to introduce relegation into Major League Baseball. Completely wild and a completely seismic change, but one that should absolutely be on the table. No one, I, I don't know how much support you'd have for it, but as fans, wouldn't it be great if you'd also, you don't just have the playoff hunt, you know, as a EPL fans, as we know, you end up with meaningful games between terrible teams or terrible teams with meaningful games at the end of the season because they're trying to survive. You end up with survival games. There is no survival games in baseball or US sports. And in reality, it, it, it's a missed opportunity. It really is. But we're a long way from that. We really are, I believe. But right, so that is going to wrap us up. That is the end of this theme. What did you think? Deep diving into tanking. We've had first-hand experience of tanking as Marlins fans. But baseball has a problem and they need to solve tanking. There's a few options out there. Are they brave enough to go all the way? Are they brave enough to get some relegation going and truly disincentivize tanking? I don't believe so. <laughs> I don't. I like Jason's uh, approach in The Athletic. I think it was a really interesting approach. You know, rewarding failure doesn't feel right. So there needs to be a different way. Let's see how it progresses with the CBA, whether they find a way. So that is it, guys. That is it for Friday's episode. Thank you for joining me. I wish you a great weekend. I'll be back next week on Monday, of course, Monday to Friday for Locked on Marlins. Make sure you're subscribed. And we have at least one, potentially two, stunning guests for you next week. I will tease those out over the weekend, but be sure to tune in next week. There are two, likely two anyway, stunning guests that you are going to absolutely love hearing from. Appreciate it, guys. Have a great weekend. We'll be back next week.